Hi, I'm Rena Grobe. And I'm Madhvi Romani. And this is Misinformed, the podcast for lazy but smart people. Every week we'll be discussing a different trend or topic so you can stay informed the easy way. So, Madhvi, what's the topic this week? Today, finally, we are discussing AI. It's been quite a while since ChatGPT came into our lives, but it's been a really big topic and getting bigger and bigger all the time. The reason I wanted to discuss it was I met one of our friends a few months ago who's a set designer. They have a brilliant set design company and they do props and sets for also TV and things like that. And she said that this year they lost some jobs because of AI. I'm a writer and I know some writers who also lost a lot of their jobs because of AI, you know, content stuff or product description stuff. And of course, the massive writer's strike is happening in the US and we're coming up to 100 days of that, which is impacting all the major studios and Hollywood. And actors joined in with this too. It's the biggest writers and actors strike together since 1960. The actress Fran Drescher she gave a really good speech about it. And in that speech, she said that this strike impacts every single person in the labor market. So it's not just a US thing. And we're, like I said, seeing the impact of AI in Germany, in the creative industries, but also it will impact all industries. And I wanted to just play a bit of her speech because it's just really good. Love Fran Drescher. She is the head of the union, actually. She was elected into 2021. She rose to prominence in a show called The Nanny, which is one of my favorite shows. I don't know if you've ever watched it. Early 90s sitcom. Amazing. She's great. She's also, like, super political. I don't know if you've ever looked at her Twitter. She's, like, very, very critical of certain things, and she's great. She made the best speech. She was just on fire. And, yeah, I'm just going to play it two minutes of it because she introduces the subject and the impact and actually how important it is really well. We are the victims here. We are being victimized by a very greedy entity. I am shocked by the way the people that we have been in business with are treating us. I cannot believe it, quite frankly how far apart we are on so many things, how they plead poverty, that they're losing money left and right when giving hundreds of millions of dollars to their CEOs. It is disgusting. Shame on them. They stand on the wrong side of history at this very moment. We stand in solidarity, in unprecedented unity, our union and our sister unions and the unions around the world are standing by us as well as other labor unions. Because at some point, the jig is up. You cannot keep being dwindled and marginalized and disrespected and dishonored. The entire business model has been changed by streaming, digital, AI. This is a moment of history that is a moment of truth. If we don't stand tall right now, 
We are all going to be in trouble. We are all going to be in jeopardy of being replaced by machines and big business. Who cares more about Wall Street than you and your family? What she says is that we are standing in the moment of history. And that's why I think it's really important to talk about it because, yeah, it affects the creative industries and the writer's strike and the actor's strike are really at the edge of this right now and in the news. But it will impact everyone. Mackenzie just offered up a report recently called Generative AI and the Future of Work in America. And they said by 2030, activities that account for up to 30% of hours currently worked across the US economy could be automated, a trend accelerated by generative AI. And what's also really interesting is that more women than men are impacted. So women are 1.5 times more likely to need to move into new occupations than men. And also workers in lower wage jobs are up to 14 times more likely to need to change occupations than those in the highest wage positions. And of course, in the end, it all depends on the employers and the CEOs, you know, how they are going to guide this transition that is happening because of AI. It's up to us at this moment to kind of really think about how we use AI and how it impacts people and how we're going to treat people in jobs. And it's really massively going to influence the creative industries and creativity and our culture. And there's always a tendency, this Pew Research paper said that, you know, most US workers were hopeful about AI rather than think it would be harmful to their jobs, which is kind of interesting. And of course, it can be helpful to a lot of jobs and a a lot of things and help us in, in a lot of situations. However, it is useful to note that the man who is often touted as the godfather of AI, who recently quit Google, his name is Jeffrey Hinton, and he quit because of concerns over the flood of misinformation, the possibility for AI to upend the job market, and the existential risk posed by the creation of true digital intelligence. So it's not a small impact. And so I thought it'd be just really timely right now to discuss AI. So I was listening to the Ezra Klein show where he was talking to Demis Hassabis. He founded the company DeepMind, which then became part of Google. And now he is head of Google's DeepMind department. I bring him up because he actually gave a definition of what AI is. And he says that AI is the science of making machines smart. One of the things that he said on this podcast, which I must admit I didn't know. So I think like most people, my first real like wave of realization that AI is here is when ChatGBT came out. Because I wrote that exploded, right? It's all anyone was talking about. And it's still all is anyone's talking about. If you go onto LinkedIn nowadays, it's all just ChatGBT, 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 AI, AI, Dolly, 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 Dolly. And it's just overwhelming. In this podcast, he actually says that the technology behind ChatGBT, GBT3, has been around for a really long time. And actually, the public is just becoming aware of it because they sort of uh, introduced this function in which we are able to chat with it like it was a human, which 
It is, you cannot. I have tried asking it how it's doing, what it, how its day was, and it responds with, as an automated AI system, I can't perceive human feelings. And then I've asked them like, okay, but you're really smart. So if you were to simulate human feelings, just pick one. No, it doesn't do it. I was thinking kind of along the lines of uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you know, where they have the robot Marvin and they randomly choose an emotion to give it, but because they have no understanding of emotions, they give it depression. So then they have a depressed robot. So it was like, if Marvin, the depressed robot, can simulate emotions in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, why can't ChatGBT? So yeah, don't try doing that. I played around with it for a very long time, trying to get it to admit it had any sort of feeling. So in the industry that I'm in currently, everyone is freaking out about AI and how it can automate creative jobs. But let me tell you, just at the current moment, I have tried to use it. It is not very good. It is incredibly uncreative right now. I really want to emphasize right now the versions that we have as the public have available to us, like the non-paid one. The answers it gives are super boring, super standard, not creative, not interesting. We tried using it to pick a new company name and it was just, it wasn't great. True. Everything it comes up with is very cliche, obvious. It's surface material. But it is good to get out those initial first ideas and things like that as first drafts and to prompt it and to talk to it and to reflect off your ideas. Like I use it a lot to refine my own thinking and give it prompts and you have to know how to talk to it and then it can do good things. But the point is that it's degenerating our cultures precisely because of this. Because what it's doing is it's putting out loads of, I don't know, sites and articles and just flooding the internet with the surface crap because there are a lot of like content mills that are just using it. And of course, content mills have always existed, but now they can produce a lot more crap and then do stuff for search, for keyword search stuff, and then make money off advertising, which is what all these sites are for. There are a couple of problems. First of all, the content is not very good. Second of all, the internet is already filled with a lot of rubbish because human beings have been doing that. But now computers doing that at like, I don't know, a million times the speed, there's going to be a lot more junk. And it's going to be hard to figure out what is a good source or good stuff and what is not good stuff and what is accurate stuff and what is not accurate stuff. Because also when you use chat GPT, sometimes I say, Make me a sentence, but, you know, don't use any adjectives in it. And it blatantly puts in adjectives. And then you're like, what is blue? Is blue an adjective? Oh, yes, sorry. Blue is an adjective. I apologize for that mistake. And you're like, hey. But it answers uh, like questions so confidently and sometimes just makes up answers. That's what's called an AI hallucination, where it, like, gives you an answer but it's not grounded in reality. And people don't know exactly why this happens. It could happen because of they miscategorize data or whatever that is. But yeah, they're skimming a lot of stuff on the internet. It's good for some reason stuff. But for example, a science fiction magazine had to close down submissions because the amount of rubbish that the editors got after chat GPT that was submitted made it impossible for them to wade through it. So they just shut down submissions. And these are like nice niche little publications that, you know, previously only writers who are writing in this would be able to submit to. So it impacts things like that. And just in general, like the amount of AI generated stuff, it's not as good as human stuff, but then that kind of becomes the standard. It just brings everything down. I asked chat GPT if 
there was a podcast out there called Misinformed. Just curious. It can't find it. It did give me a podcast by two comedians in Australia. And then I was digging and digging and digging and it turned out it had given me the wrong name. It was called Nothing Like Our Podcast. So it's not very good. But I think we should all have the confidence of ChatGBT and just give answers even if we don't know. Yeah, I tend to do that anyway. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Yeah, like at The Verge, James Vincent summarized in a really good paragraph the amount of changes to the consumer internet over just the past few months. He wrote, Google is trying to kill the 10 blue links. Twitter is being abandoned by bots and blue ticks. There is a junkification of Amazon and the entshitification of TikTok. Layoffs are gutting online media. A job posting looking for an AI editor expects an output of 200 to 250 articles per week. ChatGPT is being used to generate whole spam sites. Etsy is being flooded with AI-generated junk. Chatbots cite one another in misinformation Ouroboros. LinkedIn is using AI to stimulate tired users. Snapchat and Instagram hope bots will talk to you when your friends don't. And Redditors are staging blackouts. Stack Overflow moderators are on strike because of the amount of crap they got to moderate to, generated by bots. The Internet Archive is fighting off data scrapers and AI is tearing Wikipedia apart. So these are all the negative effects of what was already a shitty internet has just become like shit squared. Sorry, I'm going to reference Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You know how it turns out in the at the end of the day that the Earth is just a massive computer designed by <laughs> the mice to come up to solve the great question of Earth? Maybe that's just all this is. Maybe this is just us nearing the Earth's inevitable destruction because we're just a big supercomputer called deep thought no i do think that it's incredibly pertinent that we start having conversations about this so i think that actually the writer strike and the actor strike is incredibly important because we need to figure out a way to work with it and regulate it because we can't get rid of it right so we need to assert our dominance as people in the creative industry and we need to figure out how we can keep doing our jobs without letting it take over. But I think that the studios have been reacting to all of this absolutely terribly. NBC Studio, you know what they did? Just the, the amount of heinous energy these people have. So basically, the protesters were outside of their office. And I mean, this is LA, right? It's 90 plus degrees, it says, which like is Fahrenheit. So in Celsius, I think like 30 degrees. I don't know if that's right. It's very hot. And there are these trees outside the NBC studios that the protesters have been using for shade. So Universal Studios had the trees cut. And now, you know, the city of LA is investigating this as kind of like a crime. But it's just like the studios are reacting to everything as if they are like, I was going to say as if they're like evil characters in a movie, but then I realize they're just probably evil. Like they just exist in our real world and they are evil. So what the actors and the writers are saying, and the actors and the writers are the true workers of the industry. Without without musicians, there would be no Spotify. Without actors and writers making material and doing the work, there would not be Hollywood. But they're not being fairly compensated. Like the CEOs are getting a lot of money. Whereas what's happened is 
that the compensation, as has happened in a lot of industries, the top people get like all the money and actors are actually struggling and writers are struggling to such a degree that it's become like a side gig uh, where they have to work two, three jobs just to make ends meet because they're not being paid, you know, in residuals like they used to. So streaming platforms play the same things over and over again. And before actors used to get a bit of that money or writers used to get a bit of that money, but they just get paid one off. And now with AI, what's happening is actors, they get paid for one day of work where they just do one thing. And then the studio is taking the right to use their image and their voice and everything for the rest of their lives without actually paying them anything. And also, this is kind of related to ChatGPT in a way, because what the founders of this technology have done, they've put all of human work, you know, from novels and books and stuff generated by humans, they've fed it into this large language model, which is what it is, the whole thing runs because it's got a lot of, lot of data. And all of that data was created by humans who have not been paid by open AI. They have not been asked permission. You can write in chat GPT, and it's pretty good at this. Write this sentence in the style of Susan Sontag. Write it in the style of Joan Didion. It will do that because it can reference all of Joan Didion and then recreate her. But, well, Joan Didion and Susan Sontag are dead, but they will not ask permission whether their work could be, you know, put into this model to regenerate their own styles once again. And they won't get paid if people are just recreating them and remixing them like this. Um, And also the behavior of the studios. So while AI is being used to like generate plots and like, you know, so not pay writers, while the actors and the writers were striking, all of these studios have posted openings for AI specialists. So for example, Disney is offering a base salary of $180,000 with bonuses and other compensation for someone who has the ambition to push the limits of what AI tools can create and understand the difference between the voice of data and the voice of a designer, writer, or artist. Netflix is seeking a $900,000 per year AI product manager. And Amazon is looking for a senior manager for Prime Video with a base salary of up to 300000 who will help define the next big thing in localizing content, enhancing content, and making it accessible using generative AI and computer vision tech. AI is still so new. You have like these jobs that are posted as senior manager, whereas like the public's interaction with Programs like ChatGBT is so new that you're like, how can someone be senior at this? We've had this for less than a year. The public has, I mean. But there is a way, easily, Joseph Gordon-Levitt actually figured it out. He wrote an op-ed on it, on how there is a way to pay creators for all their contributions and also all of their contributions to AI as well. Like if an AI is creating something, it's based on human what humans have done before. There is a way to like, pay actors and writers i mean that is a human decision it's just that all of these companies like netflix don't want to they just want a computer to do it because it will increase their profits but like it's a funny thing because like so these executives are making these decisions based on profits but the arts is the entertainment industry actually when when these decisions are not made by creatives 
it leads to a lot of shit. And this is basically what we've seen in Hollywood recently. What they're doing is they're rebooting everything, like Marvel. Marvel is from, I don't know, years ago, 100 years ago, is all the Marvel comics, and they just keep on, like, redoing them and redoing them. And then we got, like, Top Gun redone, and then we got The Little Mermaid redone. Everything's being redone because they're like, oh, we can just profit on that. But what it's doing is, like, cannibalizing itself. And with this AI stuff, it's also cannibalizing itself because the problem with AI is it's only able to work off human creativity until this point so it's looking backwards so then what's going to happen if all of our stuff is created by ai that's only using material from the past we're just going to end up in a loop where creativity dies and innovation dies in a way of course ai can make new things and new connections and stuff But you do really need to put creatives at the center of this because creatives know like that's their business. And this is the problem with Hollywood also. Like it's just become rubbish. All the films have become rubbish. I can't remember. We talked about Barbie last week, but then Barbie is also based on a thing that was invented by a woman a hundred years ago. It's crazy. Where is our new stuff? And there is no new stuff because... People are not investing in bringing up writers or actors in the old studio way where you used to spend time on set, you used to get compensated, it used to be your job, you were immersed in the industry, you learn how to do that stuff. So one of our friends was recently visiting from LA and she was saying, well, some producers are even waiting for the 100-day mark because in some contracts it means that if, if somebody hasn't worked for 100 days, they can legitimately like fire them. And who's going to get fired is all the lower writers, not the really the showrunners, which is weird because Netflix, they've had a problem trying to find actually experienced showrunners um, because there's been a lot more content created, but not enough experienced people. And what's really weird is if you get rid of all the junior writers, which is what they want to do to save money, you're not in 10 years time or 20 years time going to be able to have showrunners or really experienced people who have been trained and apprenticed in the system so you fucked yourself and then only computers can do it but they're just doing crap they're not they don't have bodies they're not human they don't have feelings like you said yeah and it's the same with like say music like music can be generated by ai but it's based on you know what people like and easy listening like muzak kind of stuff or you know what they did with drake in the weekend you know, they made a mashup, it made a thing, but from stuff that already existed. But if we don't pay artists and writers, then how are we going to go to the next step of culture and continue to get really good, deep, creative stuff? It affects everyone because in the end, everyone needs art in order to be able to feel and think and empathize, which affects then society and our ability for empathy and creative thoughts and new imaginative ways of doing things we're just like stagnating ourselves truly i have a question i don't mean to sound ignorant or uncultured what is muzak yeah muzak is like what they play in elevators and hotel bars i thought that was like bossa nova (laughs) no bossa nova is a whole genre of brazilian music I apologize to Bossa Nova. I did not mean to categorize you like that. Sorry, Brazil. Love you. I did did want to say one. I have quite a few friends who work in the creative industry who I would say are quote unquote successful in the creative industry. And not one of them 
is without a side job. So I have a friend who is a in, in his own genre, quite successful musician, like many, many streams on Spotify. And yet he still has to have a day job as a music tech because he doesn't make enough money from his like actual music, which is super sad because you would think that like once you hit a certain amount of, of, of success, you can live off your music. But no, like you really have to be able to make it so far up the food chain that you can really sustain yourself on concerts because otherwise like he sells like records and like tapes because tapes are in again apparently you know we're over the lp now we've moved on to tapes and yeah and and like also like i have a friend who's a successful actress in her own right you know has been in big tv shows has been nominated for big awards and she still works during the day as a waitress because it's the only way that she can actually sustain herself. She does not make enough money off of what she does to just live. And I think that's the state of the creative industry for, you know, low to mid creative professionals is already super bleak. And this is just going to make it even bleaker for them. But actually, even Snoop Dogg, he just went off script (laughs) at a press conference back in May. And um, (laughs) Larry Jackson, who was the creative director for Apple Music, spoke about an exciting time for the hip-hop genre, courtesy of the popularity on streaming platforms. And Snoop's response was, I'm just going to quote him, I know I'm going off script right now, but fuck it. This is business. This is a room full of business people and someone may hear this and be able to do something about this so that the next artist don't have to struggle and cry or figure out how to get his money. Some of these artists are streaming millions and millions of streams and they don't have millions and millions of dollars in their pockets. So his point is that before, he's seen the change, right? Because before... He used to just sell physical records. And you know how many physical records you sell and you get a cut of that. Like, it's super simple. But now, with the streaming, with Spotify, for example, they don't tell the artists what cut they're getting anything. The tech company is deciding. It's just a model that's been foisted onto the creative industries by streaming platforms, by Netflix, by Spotify, by all of these things. And they have defined by themselves, because of the tech, how much these artists who are making the stuff get paid and it's not that much. Artists are really losing out and how can you build a sustainable career in the arts and how can you even make good art if you have to work two or three jobs? It is a thing in itself. It's a really valuable part of our society. It's there to either entertain, to give us pleasure in being in the universe and being alive It's there to expand our minds and to grow us, to disrupt our patterns of thinking and to make a comment on our society. Like there's so many functions of art that are all really important. But like Fran Drescher said, like it's become Wall Street and the CEOs of Netflix are getting paid a lot, but they're not redistributing the money to the actual people doing the work. It's disgusting. That was me miming a mic drop. Please don't mime, it's a podcast. Uh, no. I did want to say something just to Snoop Dogg. He's really funny. He was common, um, doing the commentary of the Olympics with Kevin Hart. 
and he was trolling Kevin Hart so much. So like just before they start recording, he says to him, he's like, oh man, I was up until three in the morning. I'm so tired. And Kevin Hart's like, why were you up till three in the morning? And he's like, you know, I was studying that binder, the Olympics binder. And then the person is like, and we're rolling in three. And Kevin Hart's like, what? I didn't get no binder. What binder? What binder? And it's like freaking out. And then they start recording. He's really funny. I think it's very clear that AI and ChatGPT and machine learning, all of these things are only going to keep progressing, keep advancing. And I do think that as a society, I mean, we're becoming the matrix, but that aside, we need to figure out some way to deal with this regulated and make sure that it doesn't take advantage of people and come to some sort of a working agreement because we are not going to get rid of AI. And in order to save art and to save creativity, we really need to do something and, and figure out some regulations or something because shit's only going to get realer. But three things you can do this week to be a better person. Number one, you can really support artists and good content and independent creators by buying books, by paying them for their music and downloading albums straight from artists, by looking at good content or subscribing to newspapers like newsrooms and journalists have really had it. And also a lot of journalism is being generated by AI, which is super dangerous. I think CNET got just having some articles generated by AI that's really bad. Um, so supporting newspapers and all of those things because you as the consumer do have a choice about whether you want a surface mashup of stuff. And it is true that Netflix is looking for, I think they're calling it, I don't know what the term is, but they, they were looking for shows that was kind of like background content. So content basically that people could watch while scrolling on their phones. So I would really say if you want to keep human culture and the arts good, then you have to also make the choice to invest your time and attention and money into what's good. Thing two there are some really great resources out there where you can support the writers on their strike, where you can donate, where you can sign petitions and pull your weight. We will link all of that in our show notes, but go support them however you can. And number three, I think remain positive about AI too, in a way, because if you're creative, you can really use it in a lot of creative ways. And it kind of can force us as creators to also stop doing the obvious or easy things and go towards you know what's really more human and community based which is all the stuff that actually ai and digital stuff cannot do thank you for listening until next week goodbye if you like the show please share it with your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts you can also help us by supporting us on patreon for as little as four euro a month visit patreon.com slash misinformed for links to all our sources and for our personal tips on what to watch and read subscribe to our weekly newsletter at misinformed.substack.com you can follow us on instagram at the underscore miss underscore informed or email us your feedback requests or just to say hi misinformed.podcast at gmail.com we would love to hear from you